listening to Nats Talk on the Go, the longest-running Washington Nationals podcast going today. This podcast is proudly brought to you by our supporters club, Nats Talk on the Go Special Ops. Now, here are your hosts, Joe Drugan and Craig McHenry. Joe and Craig, let's do it. Well, hey there, Craig. Uh, this is not the episode we wanted to do. This is the worst episode ever. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. This edition. is not this is not the uh this was not the podcast we were looking for. No. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I'm trying. Trying to no. keep it light, but not. No, it's it's we're recording this Monday night. Uh it's been several days. Yeah. We've I I think we've come through okay. Yeah, you know, to be totally honest with you, after the series ended, you know, I, mean, I was obviously that night I was just devastated. Yes. But <clears throat> as soon as the next morning, I kind of woke up, like, I didn't want to talk about it yet. <laughs> Craig you, Craig literally texted me the next morning. He's like, so are we going to do the thing? And I was like, nah. And he was like... You, was, said, you said, oh, I, I didn't even... I could. I, I didn't even think about it. Yeah, exactly. And then you were like, "Okay, good," because it was. We were kind of in the same boat that we didn't want to start talking about it yet. Like, but pretty immediately, I was like, "Damn, that was a good game." Yeah. <laughs> like it was. W- once you get over the devastation of like, yeah, it was close and didn't happen again. Like that, you it's 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 easy to then go. That was legitimately one of the best division series games in history. Right. I mean, it was unreal the game that those two teams played and the way that the game was managed. Right. And we're going to get into a little bit of the nuts and bolts. We're not going to go too heavy because uh, I guess we'll throw a trigger warning on there. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, for people. Uh, I mean, if you're listening to this, you're obviously a glutton for punishment just as much as we are for doing it. Right. Well, we um, promised we're trying to, you know, we're but, trying to keep yeah, promising. it was a great series. Uh, we spoke, after every single game, saying how evenly matched the teams were. Yeah. I mean, it was another one-run game, and it really just came down to a few things here or there. And we'll get into the nitty-gritty, but it was just it was just fantastic. I was actually listening to a podcast today uh, that just was two people who had no vested interest whatsoever in the outcome. Right. And they were just like, I was floored the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. Just every decision was just like, no way, no way, no. Kenley Jansen in the seventh? No way. Well, there was there were a bunch of national beat writers talking about how that game changed. Like, that game along with the way that, uh, what's his name, Terry Francona managed the beginning of the division series were kind of like changing how playoffs are managed. And hopefully as a result, change the way that baseball in general is managed. Because that's the way it should, like, the way that Game 5 was managed in general, especially by Dave Roberts, was spectacular. I mean, yeah, it was, you can't, it's easy, you could be disappointed, and you could say, I wanted the results to be better, for for sure. But you have to look at him bringing, Dave Roberts bringing in Kenley Jansen in the seventh inning, and saying... Yep, you're going to finish this. And then when he was struggling to finish it, he said, Hey, Clayton, I know After you... After throwing 
what three pitches fewer than the starter of the game? Yeah, the, I mean it was it was over fifty pitches. Yeah, it was fifty one, fifty two pitches. Yeah, from your closer. Yeah, and first of all, like I, who had been touched? Who the Nets touched for a couple? Yeah, he made it competitive. Chris Heisey with the uh, with the blast with uh, the pinch hit bomb. Yeah, made it made it competitive, but um, it. I'm, I'm looking at pitches. Yeah. Uh, Rich Hill threw 55. Jansen I thought threw it was 55, 54. Uh, yeah, and Jansen threw 51, so four yep. fewer pitches than than Rich Hill. But um, to have the gall to do that and say, yep, this is my best guy, and go and do the thing, and then when he's struggling to say, hey, Clayton, you, you good? <laughs> and yeah. Clayton's like, yeah, that's Hey, I know, you, I know you just threw on short rest already, but... Can you, you can you do it again? Yeah, and like, I know that was the last game, but can yeah. you do it again? Um, yeah, I know that was like two days ago. Yeah, which is crazy. I know it wasn't the last game, but I'm exaggerating a little bit. But right, um, it's just hard to it's hard to find fault. Yeah, I think Dave Roberts managed a hell of a game. I think he did a great job, and he's shown so far in the NLCS that he's not afraid to be super aggressive um and it paid off in games four and five for him against the nationals it bit him in the ass in game one against the cubs and it paid off for him in game two right and that's gonna that's gonna happen when you're gonna be aggressive it's kind of you're going to a an all or nothing situation and uh, he did. He did it all right in Game Five, like you said, Game Four as well. Uh, but certainly in Game Five, those the decision of just bringing in Jansen in the, in the seventh inning in general, and then allowing Kershaw to pitch. I don't know. It was just. It was brilliant. Even at the time, I was like, "Oh man, this is good." Yeah. Like and, even at the time. And you've seen uh, the success the Cleveland Indians have had thus far. I mean, undefeated so far in the playoffs, and. Terry Francona has brought Andrew Miller in in any situation and used him in long, long, uh, long appearances, yeah. short appearances, you, and brought him in the fifth, brought him in the seventh, brought him in late. You know, you all you almost wonder. I almost wonder at least if that was a factor for Roberts. If Roberts said, "Oh, Terry did that, huh?" You know, like. Like, yeah, managers learn from each other. They watch that kind of stuff, and they say, well, that worked out. I've got a pitcher that's about that good, so let's try that out. Well, um, people always say that sports are kind of a copycats. Sure. Um, you see it a lot of the times in basketball or hockey. You know, a team will play a certain system, play a certain way, and then the next year every team kind of tries to copy and do that. Yeah. Um, so – we might be going into a stretch where you're seeing hundred inning relievers like Andrew Miller, who managers are willing to bring in, in high leverage situations, regardless of whether it's the eighth or the ninth inning, uh, seeing an Andrew Miller come in in the fifth, uh, and be effective because that's when it matters most. And hopefully Uh, that, that results in this off season's collective bargaining agreement, having some change to how arbitration works. Because that you're going to see guys like Andrew Miller get far fewer saves than he normally would get, and saves matter for things like arbitration. So you wonder if that would be a factor as well. Of course, of course. Um, so yeah, I thought Dave Roberts did a hell of a job managing. 
I thought Dusty Baker did a good job. I thought he made one mistake. Yeah. Uh, and I thought there was one other obvious coaching mistake that everyone was going to be talking about for years and years and years and years and years to come. Um, so let's actually uh, hit on that one first. Uh, I, I guess there's there's it's just going to be known henceforth as the send. Right? Yeah, right. Yeah, that's it's just it's the send. Yeah, I when I was on sitting on the third baseline, and when I saw that happen, I was like, "What? Wait, what? What? What's happening? What's that? like?" Even as it was un- unwinding, I was like, "You're sending Jason Worth to what now?" Um, it was pretty shocking. The only thing that I can think of, the only thing that I can think of is a Henley just misread it like misread what the play was on the ball and was already planning on being aggressive because Danny Espinosa was coming up with two outs. And so you say, well, I'll give worth a chance and, and try and make it the right throw and, you know, try and make the guy make a perfect throw, which Corey Seager made a perfect throw. Yeah. Um, it was, it was a, it was a fantastic executed relay yeah all the way around he was out by 10 steps <laughs> he was he was out by 80 feet yeah i mean it was unreal it was it was one of the worst sends i have ever seen i would say uh, and i know i've i've texted with some in the know baseball people or uh sent twitter messages with some in the know baseball people that know a lot more than i do and They've agreed that it is the worst send they've ever seen, ever. Yeah. Uh, and um, people in the ballpark were saying that Worth ran through the sign just because it was so egregious. Yeah, it, he did not. <laughs> it absolutely Dude, did not. He, it was very clear. It was Bob Henley going crazy to send up guy, you know. My question is, why was Bob Henley so far up the line? Yeah. It makes no sense. He was, I don't know, 15 feet past third base? Yeah. 10, 15 feet past third base? He needs to be 15 feet closer to home plate. Right, so he could give the late stop sign if he needs to. So he can give that stop sign. I yeah. Mean, even if he were giving a stop sign, Jason Worth would have seen it, wouldn't have seen it because he was so far down the line. So it was just, it was a, a boneheaded play. It was a disaster. It was awful. It and that play really not only took the wind out of the national sails, but it really put a massive strain on the rest of the game for Dusty Baker. Sure. Because that out changed what Dusty Baker did for the rest of the game in terms of double switches and all sorts of things. Yeah, I think that's definitely true. Um, and. Like I said, I could almost see an outside argument for it. Almost like an aggressive send, an aggressive send in that situation with Danny Espinosa coming up. But Danny Espinosa was one of the better hitters in the last two games. Sure, I one of the, had one of the better. I, I I wouldn't say one of the better hitters, but he put good swings. One of the on best it. at bats. Yeah, he put good swings on, on on some balls for sure. He made some really good contact in game four. Um, I. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard it's, for it, me to. I I cannot justify it. I yeah, just, it's I, bad. I, I I don't remember. I I know he had some quotes after the game. I can't remember them off the top of my head, but it just it was it was awful. It was yes, bad. It, you it can't blame bad. Jason Worth for 
you know, listening to the bass coach, but it was literally the worst send you could possibly imagine. And it, Oh, I don't blame Jason worth at all in that situation. He's trusting his base, base coach. It's his base coach's job. It didn't take a perfect, uh, relay from Corey Seager and the rest of the Dodgers to get him at home. I could have made that. I could have made that relay, but they did it anyway. (laughs) Yeah. And so he was out by 80 feet. Right. I mean, the, I, I believe it was the shortstop had the ball by the time Jason Worth was literally like I think one step off of third base. Yeah, yeah, he had the just made man the had turn. The ball. Yeah. I mean, he just made the turn. It was pretty, pretty astonishing. I mean, I thought it was going to be one of those things where he started pushing him around and then he put up a stop sign. But like you said, he was so far, he was so close to third base, he couldn't have put up a stop sign. He just couldn't have, couldn't have done anything about it. It was so painful. yeah. Um, I think that. Uh, eventually led Dusty Baker down the path of Ryan Zimmerman out of the game, Anthony Rendon out of the game, that ultimately led to the final at-bat of Wilmer Defoe versus Clayton Kershaw to decide the whole thing. Yeah, and it's hard to blame Dusty for making the moves when he made them, but yeah, that's having Wilmer Defoe as the last out is pretty, pretty bad. I mean, yeah. it's as bad as bad as a, a scenario as you could have possibly imagined. Uh, right, to have Ryan Zimmerman, who had a great series, in totally. my opinion. Totally, um, He was fantastic. Uh, Anthony Rendon uh, had a great season. I, he, he would be a, a bat you'd want there at the end. He was double-switched out of the game as well. Um, to have both of them not in the game at the end just... I don't understand how that can happen. Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty egregious um that that could that that's a possibility. Yeah. Um it the I personally and I, I know that um it might be a little unpopular but I personally did, had a problem with I I know people are going to be upset with my opinion on this but with having Scherzer come back out for the 7th inning. Oh, oh, good, good, good. Let's do this now. So you know, because I have I have I have opinions on this. I have strong opinions. So on this. I will say I will give a caveat. My caveat to Scherzer coming back out in the seventh inning is, I was at the game without access to televisions. I have no idea what his command and control were like. Yeah, at all. But when he was on, okay, so he was on, which he was on, which could be, which could change things for sure. The fact that he hit for himself yep. and then came back out into the game and then that happened. Yeah, he gave up the home run. It happens. But he was also into the 90s. You have Tanner Roark available. You have your entire bullpen available for an elimination game. I get wanting to have your best pitcher out there for the entire time. But it just... It sat wrong with me. Here's my opinion on this. So there were three choices. There was take him out after six. There's no harm in that. He's at 90, 92 pitches, something yeah, around Yeah, he was there. at 90, yeah, mid-90s. He was somewhere around there. Take him out then, start fresh with a reliever, with Tanner Roark, whoever. Start fresh. No problem. Gives up the home run, obviously. Dusty Baker took him out. Uh, or leave him in after the home run. Right. Those are your those are your three choices w- based on you know what really happened. Um, two of those I would have been perfectly fine with. 
he chose the wrong one. Yeah. If you're going to send him out there, and he gave up a home run on an uh, – Jock Peterson ambushed the fastball, that, and, first pitch fastball. And everybody said it was a great pitch. He hit his location. It's just Peterson, it was a, Peterson it ambushed was a perfect it. Exactly. Pitch. Yep. It was an ambush. Uh, first pitch, he – Hit the location. It was a, a low and outside, I believe. Uh, yeah, it was low and pitch. away, 94-mile-an-hour fastball. Yeah, and he took it and put it, I believe he deposited it into the visitor's bullpen. He did. Um, it was a great pitch. Yep. It was a really good pitch. I don't understand how that would make Dusty Baker take him out of the game. Right. I don't understand it. Like, Yeah, that's a good I think, point. I think you either take him out after the sixth or you leave him in after the home run. I don't see how that disqualifies him. If you're if you're sticking with him, because Max Scherzer, we know, can go 110, 115, 120. Oh, no question. If he's going good, he can go he can go a long way. It's not like he missed. It's not like he was walking people. He was effective in the sixth inning. He had just hit for himself. Right. So instead, Dusty Baker panicked. Yeah, and that did seem to be the impression. It was, okay, well, I'm going to leave him until he, gets the, he, he gives up the next hit. Oh, it's a run. Get him out. You know, it's just like, and I, I get I he's think, well yeah. at, not into 90 pitches. He was amped up early in the game. He threw a lot of pitches early. But, um, yeah, I, 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 I agree with both of those sentiments. I would have taken him out after six. I just think that uh, taking him out in that situation is just really tough. Yeah, I think I think you have to leave him in after the home run, uh, get someone ready right. while he's you know doing his thing, um, because like we said, he was effective until then, and it was a good pitch. Um, but then Zepchinski came in, he walked the next batter on four pitches. Yep, and then we all know what happened—an hour and six minutes of the most shenanigans seventh inning you've ever seen. That inning was bananas. So. Um, but yeah, I just, I don't understand that. It seems to me that if you're going to send him back out there for the seventh, that you need to at least give him an opportunity that that's not a disqualifying thing because you know, Scherzer's prone to the long ball. It was an ambush. It was a good pitch. He was pitching well. His pitch count was not insane for Max Scherzer. No. Yeah, not, at all. not no, not for him, not not in any way. Like you said, he came out he came out at ninety nine pitches. He could have gone, he probably could have gone another full inning. Would have had no complaints had he come out after six. Yeah, none at all. Yeah, start a reliever fresh. That would have made perfect sense. But I just think, uh, faced with the options, I think he chose the one wrong thing, yeah. and I think that was the one mistake that Dusty Baker made, uh, and that coupled with the Henley send. Uh, just really handcuffed Dusty Baker for the rest of the game. And just, um, I mean, how many pitchers did they use in that seventh inning just trying to get three outs? It was just, oh, it was a nightmare. It was Zevchinsky, Trine, and Solis, Kelly. And then uh, Perez came in and actually did it. Yeah, it was just an absolute nightmare. Yeah, it was it was tough to watch that, that unfold, unfortunately. But, um, yeah... Overall, I, I we talked about it early in the series. Um, I just think Dusty did a great job. He panicked in that one situation for sure. Overall, I think he made some great managerial decisions throughout the series. Um, Dave Roberts made better ones. 
Yeah, and, Dave Roberts outmanaged him in the last game, and, and that's sometimes what happens. Yep, and that's sometimes how you win a one-run baseball game. Uh, and the Nats had opportunities. They had a couple runners on third base, couldn't score them. Yep. It happens. It happens. Uh, but I think I was, by the next day, I was like, okay, uh, when's the next baseball game? I know it's not well, the Nationals, but like I wanted to watch more baseball because that yeah. was fun. And that yeah. was the difference for me in previous from previous years. There was no there was no hangover. I never want to do this again for me. Um Yeah. I felt much better than twelve, much better than fourteen, because the Nationals didn't blow it. No. I don't they did not blow it at Not all. even close. They played well, they played hard, they pitched well, they did not lose they got beat and again remember what we were talking about coming into this series you know a not anywhere near 100 percent bryce harper no steven strasberg no wilson ramos i mean you're you were talking about huge key pieces missing right. from the nationals lineup and they took this one or two healthier guys and we could be talking about a different result i'm not making excuses that pedro part severino of- started game one exactly i mean it's a pretty bad case scenario for for the nationals to be honest and i like pedro but that's not that's not what they were hoping to do in a division series the nationals lost because clayton kershaw pitched three times yeah and has yet to lose in the postseason and totally carved up the cubs uh once again on short rest the only time the dodgers have won is when clayton kershaw's pitched yeah so he's i mean the best Wilmer pitcher on the planet. versus Clayton Kershaw. Come on. There was no hope. Yeah, there was the, in that situation the Nationals were left with no hope. That's it was just just good managing good and good luck uh and but I I certainly I was sad that we lost devastated but I certainly found perspective quickly. Very quickly. Like it was like wow, we just got to enjoy a really good baseball series. It was and, fantastic. And, I mean, look at the other series. The Blue Jays beat the Rangers in three. The Indians beat the Red Sox in three. Yep. The um, Cubs beat the... Uh, da, 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 da. The team that doesn't matter. The Giants in four. Because, yep. as we both predicted, the, the Giants won the one that Madison Bumgarner yeah. We We nailed that prediction because we thought exactly what would happen happen. So, I mean... It was the one series everyone was watching because it was the one series with an evenly matched, two evenly matched teams. So yeah, exactly. It was it was an amazing, amazing series. Uh, you, there's nothing the Nationals should hang their heads about. Um, it was fun to watch. I found perspective quickly. I remember the morning after. I just I sat there and I just did not want to go on Twitter. I was like, yeah, me too. I cannot go on Twitter. I cannot, I do not, I do not because it's going to be fire and brimstone and sadness and devastation. And I went on and everyone was like, that was awesome. That was really cool. The games were great. The team fought so hard. They played well. They just, it didn't happen, but that's okay. I feel good going forward. And I was just like, wait, what? Yeah. It <laughs> Where was, are we? It, but it, I think people were kind of like us, were able to find that perspective pretty rapidly. Yeah. Which is awesome. No. In 2012, they blew it. And Drew it was Storen blew awful. It. And it was the one of the worst things that's ever happened. Yeah. Uh, 2014, they gave up. Yeah. 
and just were managed stopped. deplorably. Yeah, nice. Yeah, they just stopped trying, and they were just horribly mismanaged. Yeah. And then this, I literally have no complaints. I have none, besides the fact that I would prefer if they had won. <laughs> yeah. Other than that, I have no problems with how they played any part of these games. Yeah. Without, without a doubt. Um, so I think, does that wrap up our thoughts on the series? I'd say so. Yeah. Uh, we'll be back here again because it's a well-run organization with a lot of really good players. So I don't know. I'm, I'm choosing to find solace in that. And it's, I think when you see things not get blown up, uh, it makes it a little bit easier to do. That's, yep. I, uh, I'm going to go ahead and say, I don't think we're going to have to wait two years to be back here in the playoffs. I think that's, I would, I, I'm with that prediction as well. I, it feels way less empty at this point and there's way less rebuilding to do than there were after 12 was after 12 and 14. Um, a lot more guys around and hopefully healthier guys as well. All right. Yeah. Um, so, uh, our plan going forward, uh, for the next, uh, I guess, rest of the MLB postseason, we're going to take next week off because we just did, what, five shows in a week? Yep. Um, we're going to take a week off. Um, I think we've earned it. Uh, tweet us if we didn't, and we won't listen. Probably true. Um, we'll probably just like it. Yeah. And right. That's, and that's fine. Yes. Um, thanks for listening. We'll be back in probably around two weeks. Uh We'll probably settle into a normal routine, uh, maybe on Wednesday nights, maybe on Monday nights. We'll we'll see what works for us, and uh, we'll get into an off-season routine, and we'll do our, uh, I guess, talk about what the Nets looking for in the free agent market, that kind of thing. Talk a little bit about what's going on with the World Series, that kind of thing, all that. So it'll be fun. Yeah, we'll take a little time. We'll get into a, a, a habit for the off season. We hope that we can kind of get on some sort of schedule, like Craig said, so we can. Uh, it's it's harder to do shows when there's not a whole lot of news to talk about and games to talk about. So we'll we'll come up with something that's reasonable that still gets shows out, but uh, it probably will not be every week. But we'll see how it goes. Yeah, who knows? Who knows? Maybe we'll be just desperate. That's right, desperate for more baseball talk, and pressing the record button. Uh, well, thank you all for listening, uh, to really this entire season of Nats Talk on the Go. Uh, it was... Our best season ever. Our best season ever. There's no question about it. Uh, it was because of the great special ops supporters you guys enabled us to do, uh, a significant amount this year that we would have never been able to consider doing, including weekly shows. Um, having a website, getting people to, um, talk about the show. It's all because of... Your support, you wearing our t-shirts, and... Oh, we're going to have a new shirt soon, too. I know. It's going to be awesome. Um, yeah, so thank you all from from the bottom of our dark hearts. Yes. Uh, and we will talk to you all in a couple weeks. Thank you all, uh, and we'll, we'll talk to you then. Thanks for listening to Nat's Talk on the Go. For more information, check us out at natstalkonthego.com. To become a supporting member of the podcast, click on the special ops link at the top of the page or head right to natstalkonthego.com slash special ops. You can contact the guys at natstalkonthego on Twitter or send them an email at podcast at natstalkonthego.com. 
If you like what you heard, take a minute to review the podcast on iTunes and help us spread the word. See you next time. Let's go Nats!